Hey, this is Bob in the Don't Die Podcast, brought to you by Ohana Fest down in Dana Point, and brought to you by Live Nation, bringing you concerts all over the world. It all begins with getting off drugs, people. Let's go out and live life. Get sober, get the right treatment for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck. I almost died from COVID. We got to stop this dying stuff. I know. I think we need to change it to stop dying, Bob, yeah. at least uh, until we know week, you're out of the yeah. West. Well, yeah, because you were dying of the hernia and the ball situation. No, I, well, I, that's why I couldn't wait. Like, I've been, I've been getting better than I have bad days or whatever. The cough just never goes away. It's day 17 today. But, um, Jeez, so. but I coughed. Was it last night? No, night before last, I coughed and I thought I gave myself a hernia and I thought of you, Chuck. My stomach, <laughs> something just happened to my stomach, but it, it just pulled a muscle or something. Because you cough from this stuff. It's unbelievable. <laughs> okay. Now you're giving me a cough. Yeah, you're smoking a cigar. He's smoking oh, a yeah. cigar. <laughs> that could be it. In tribute to, in tribute to Smitty and the Sober Brigade. Yeah, all you guys smoke cigars. <laughs> when did you start smoking cigars? It's so when I started un- hanging out with Smitty. It's so unpunk rock, dude. You know who smokes you know cigars? What? Fletcher smokes cigars. He's about as punk rock as they come. You know what? You know? I think most of the GSOL camp smokes cigars. Yeah, but were they ever punk rock, really? <laughs> Ron does not smoke cigars. I, I know uh, Mike and Mike Jack Roach do. And, 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 and Jack do, yeah. So you yeah. know that addicts will make up anything they can to continue using and justify and feel superior to. We know this, don't we, Chuck? Because we're addiction counselors. Oh, says the guy who chews $50 worth of gum. In I, one know, day. No, I know, I know. And the gum is bad for nicotine the nicotine gum. The gum is bad for the COVID, too, by the way. So I got patches. Listen to me, though, Chuck. So, you know, okay. how when you're out there, you know, that term they use in NA, you're out there, out there in the world using. So out there running was, and gunning. Yeah, I was running and gunning. <laughs> it was more like walking and whining. It's not, there was no running <laughs> and gunning. I know. That's why I love the, it's my old stomping grounds. You mean the place that kicked your ass? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not the, the place you where your mom stomp. told you she it wasn't going to give you. I remember one time I was at my mom's in Oklahoma. And she, and she worked at a dental office, so she got up early and would take a shower, right? And so when I'd hear the shower running, by the way, I was 34 years old, had a bedroom at my mommy's house, Chuck. Nice. Bobby's, that's Bobby's bedroom. So pathetic. <laughs> so fucking did pathetic. It a little, uh, did it have a little uh, wind chime type of thing? Like a, like no, a what it had was she had married this Elvis Presley fanatic. And along the top, he had built a little ledge that had all these Elvis Presley decanters, like all mm. the different, like probably 40 of them. I drank all the liquor out of them. And, the, and they were oh. like 25 years old. Dude. That wow. I would open it up and it'd be caked on sugar on the top. It'd be like liqueur or whatever. <laughs> I just scrape that fucking sugar off, chuck and guzzle that shit down. But I was That's so, what we do. So I remember my mom you know, always going to take a shower and then I would hear the shower and I would go out and, and go in her purse and whatever was, you know, if she had like, typically she'd have like say $62. So I would take like 28. I would always, I was never a thief where you take all 62. I would take just enough that you should, they might mistake that they spent money. They didn't no, they spent. He just wanted to gaslight your mom. Yeah, I just wanted to get a little money <laughs> for when she would 62 leave. In here. She would leave, then I would walk all the way through this fucking Oklahoma track, housing track, jump over the back fence, walk across this field, go to this highway, then walk down it, and there was the dope spot, right? It was like five miles, and I was like, oh, you know, sick, decrepit junkie. But anyways... This one morning I go out and her purse isn't in the kitchen. It's not in the living room. It's not, you know, and so sometimes she would forget it and leave it in her bedroom. And I went in her bedroom and she's in the shower with the doors closed and it's not in her bedroom. And then I'm like, where's her purse? And then I thought, oh my God, she's so stupid. She left it in her car. So I went out to the car, no purse there, Chuck. So then, so then 
you know, the morning unfolds. I'm trying to figure out the, the purse thing. And she comes out of the bathroom with a towel on her hair and her, her body and with her purse. And I said, huh. I knew exactly. She took her purse <laughs> in the shower. Perfect. How insulting <laughs> is that? Yeah. You don't trust your own son. Did you get mad? I got mad. <laughs> of course you did. Righteously oh so. God, that's such drug addict manipulation. <laughs> Unbelievable. Dude, How dare a, you we, consider we, me a freaking thief. my kids, my older kid did that with the Amy. Amy had a bunch of quarter rolls that she had, and she goes, I think I'm going crazy. I could have swore there were more quarter rolls than this. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where it's just little bits at a yeah, time. At and time. it's just like, oh my God. I, but so, 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 so when I was out there running and gunning, running the streets, you know, uh, you know, spending $500 a day on dope, you know, fucking <laughs> yeah. taking care of fucking business. Dude, I was lucky if I was, I was making $5 worth of crack. So <laughs> I love those kids that say they spend $500. I just like, man, you're stupid. You can't, you know, the more you buy, the more you get, you dumbass. You, you Anyways, should have had enough for you, you and everybody. is enough for like five days. It's probably a half a gram. Yeah. So listen, so I hear that Smitty and Mike are sober down in Long Beach, right? And yep. I hear from Keith Morris, right? And, he, and Keith, you know, Keith loves to gossip. He said gossip. He goes, yeah, they're really into a duels and like smoking cigars. And I remember hearing that loaded and thinking I'd rather be fucking loaded than smoke cigars and drink mm. duels. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> I never told you that story, yeah. Mike, but I heard that you drink duels and you smoke cigars. And I was like, what a lame ass. He's giving in. He's giving in. He's giving up the punk rock. Spirit. <laughs> uh, hey, I wish then I <laughs> wouldn't have twenty nine years of miserable sobriety. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what would you guys do in that first couple of years? Did you go to like bars and drink O'Doul's and smoke cigars? No, of course not. We what never it? really drank O'Doul's. Neither one of us are really that into it. I mean, I think there was a little the phase or something where we might have, you know, like watched football games and had an O'Doul's, but it wasn't a, a, like a, we're drinking nine or ten of them to fucking drink beer. So where are we going to do another 12 or <laughs> three? Neither, was, neither one of us, neither Smitty and I have never were really that into booze. We were mostly so what, into, well, so where did was, you smoke the cigars outside your house? Smitty has like a little lounge, man, over at his house. We'd watch sports and we'd sit in his little out lounge where he had like a little all set up and everything and, and where did the cigar, cigar thing come from where, where did you guys come no smitty liked them but where did he learn it from like you know it's kind of an I, old man thing and you guys were in your 30s you guys were in your I think, 30s you know what? Oh, smoking oh, cigars spawn, okay i don't know if i'm out <laughs> but paul but fitz do we have this friend fitz who smokes cigars he's been smoking cigars longer than smitty and he's been sober longer than all of us and he smoked cigars and started going to this lounge, Bo's <laughs> Lounge. And it was a really cool place to hang out. And, you know, I guess it's cigar fun. lounge. Yeah. Cigar lounge. Yeah. Yeah. Those that, that's it's a it's a cool kind of laid back scene, the whole thing. But I, I don't even know that they exist anymore. Yeah, there are some. <laughs> <There's> some. <clears throat> Listen to Bob go. You sound yeah. horrible. Well, no, I sound great compared to what I sounded like. So everybody <laughs> wanted to know if you were, you know, if you were um, alive and everything. And I told them. Yeah, I know. And then you didn't post anything. I keep getting these things. There's no podcast. Are you, are you okay? Like a bunch of my friends <laughs> were texting me today. <laughs> I was like, keeping them in suspense. Mike just likes worrying were... people and then like leave them hanging. I'm so awful. So, <laughs> so the first, I'm telling you, there was two days where I thought I was going to have to go to the hospital. And then, you know, that there's a real thing. Chuck, I don't know if you have you had COVID friends because you're making this decision like how bad is my spaced outedness? So I didn't have an oxygen meter, but I but I knew I was spaced out. I was totally spaced out. I went and sat outside at like three o'clock in the morning, and it was freezing. But I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't focus myself enough to go get a blanket or just go inside. I just sat outside for like an hour in the freezing cold and you're just spaced out and you're not getting enough oxygen. 
But the decision you're making is if I go to the hospital, I can't see my family. Oh, yeah. Forget right. it. Man. Fuck that. Yeah. Forget right. that. That was, that was the big deal at the beginning is that if your kid gets it, <laughs> then they're going to be isolated on a ward somewhere and you're not going to be able to see them. <laughs> so, you know, I, so I didn't go to the hospital and then somebody told me get oxygen and I didn't know how to get oxygen. Then I thought, I wonder if whippets are oxygen. I was no, so I was so spaced out. <laughs> yeah, Bob. I was those so whippets, those are oxygen. Bob. Having no oxygen <laughs> to my to, brain. You need, you need to take as many of those whippets as you possibly can. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you do whippets while you have COVID, it's not a relapse. Yeah, that well, that I know for it's, a fact. It's a medical necessity. And if you didn't know, if you thought it was oxygen, then you know. And there was one night where I thought, I wonder where you get heroin. I wonder where you get it. And I, you know, I, so the, the point is addicts will always justify using and compare the sober people against the, the using community, right? I'm seeing this right. with COVID. That's why yeah. I'm, I'm saying. So okay. now that everybody knows I have COVID, there's been some strange things said to me. You ready yeah, for like- it, Chuck? Yeah, I I'm curious. For, I asked for tickets to a concert for Elvis and his mom. And my friend said, you're not going to a concert, are you? And I was like, no, no, no. I'm, I got COVID. No, I'm, I'm not. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah. But it just, the, the COVID craziness that Trump caused makes everybody his, just weird about COVID, right? Hmm. So, so then... I'm in the supermarket. I had to go to the supermarket. It was day, I got a Monday, it was day six, right? I picked okay. a time, like burning hot sun in Palm Desert, like one o'clock in the afternoon, two o'clock in the afternoon. It's like 100 degrees. I put my mask on and I go into the supermarket stealth. I stay away from everybody and I wait in an aisle till an aisle clears where there's nobody coming and all the stagecoach people are getting their beer and whatever and i wait and then i get right in and i put my stuff down real quick and this guy comes behind me so the guy says you don't have to wear a mask inside and i said well i have covid i'm sorry and he goes what and i said i got covid um you know and he goes there's no covid anymore that's what he said and so, mm. what do you think I did, Mike? Took my mask off. I said, "Okay, let's see." If, <laughs> I said, "Let's see if there is." And Sydney, oh, I can Bob, you gotta be joking me, man! Really? The, the guy said he kept hassling me to take off my mask. Now the person doing the teller stuff had a mask on. So, so then I did my stuff, and as soon as I was paying, I put my mask back on. But the guy, like. What does he care, A, that somebody wears a mask, right? Why do they care? Why right. does it bother people? Yeah, I mean, I don't understand why you just didn't say, mind your own fucking business. I, well, I, 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 I <laughs> thought because. saying that I had, yeah, well, I just did it for a second. So I, t- so I took my mask off for a second, and then I realized, like, by Sydney's look on her face, like, it's not, this is not a good example to my daughter. So I, by the time I walk two feet i put my mask back on and but this whole thing of how people think about covid like bad people get it and good people don't and and you know and you know if you care about people you you do everything you can not to get it it's a fucking virus everybody's got it Good point. <laughs> How did it become this good people, bad people thing? Because because, because the people that I've told that I have COVID, they immediately go, "Oh, oh, you went to Coachella, right?" I'm like, "What? What is it? What? Why are people so mean? Why are they so mean?" Chuck, I want to know, you know from you who are not a mean person. You're not a mean person. <laughs> oh, I'm horrible. Um, you don't want to hear you know, me. Pe- because the people that are saying that are people that didn't go, and they're trying to, you know, it's, it's virtue signaling, right? 
So it's like, I actually had heard a woman si- who was sing- signaling. I like that. What's that? Tell so me what she, virtu- what is it called? It, it's exactly that. It's when you are better than other people and you have to let them know how. You know, it's like, this is, I'm a good person because I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to a gathering like that. That's irresponsible. You got what you got. I didn't say that. I mean, I, the person I really got into it with about it, like, you know, I don't think I got it at, 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 well, whatever. I have three little kids that that fucking two that go to school that, that if there's COVID anywhere, it's at the schools and the kids don't the tests don't work on the kids so the kid has like sid never tested positive until we got a pcr never okay right so the tests don't work on children the schools we bring them all together with no masks on and they got runny noses and the schools are super spreaders and we don't get mad about that no no Mm -hmm. nobody even considers that you know, I oh, they didn't get mad at the grocery stores being open or at the yeah, bars I don't, being open. I, yeah, the bars. Remember the bars were open when you couldn't even and go the to liquor work? stores. Yeah, so I do. So I have experienced this weirdness from my friends of like, well, how'd you get it? Well, what the fuck? You wearing a mask? Like, what'd you get yelled? And I say, you know, I have two little kids that go to school, which are petri dishes for everything. And I imagine a lot of COVID. They're like, you haven't heard that. Well, yeah, it's because of the teachers union and fucking government. You're not going to hear anything. (laughs) Right. Okay. You know, that's where I was going with it. It was funny because one of the people, one of the ladies in in my home group is a nurse and they were actually in the hospitals were calling it uh, the the Coachella strain. Oh my God. Because there was so much, there was so much apparently related, unrelated, doesn't matter. But I was just like, you know, that's just a way of saying I wasn't there. I wouldn't be that irresponsible, but you know what? I've been at a lot of shows. I've been as irresponsible as it gets. And I didn't get it from the shows ever, but I did get it from just going about my daily business. You know, and I think I got it from, from bug too. But um, Amy didn't get it from us when, Anyways, when we I did. Just she had never cared where somebody got it from. It's just sad they got it, and I hope they get through it. Who gives a fuck where they got it from? Yeah. I, I just, you know, and it's that whole thing. And I just see it as similar to, like, stuff about addiction. There's this weird prejudice and, like, you know, the, 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 the thing about where did I get it from that I've been quizzed by about 12 people. Um, mm-hmm. is similar to when somebody relapses. Well, they weren't going to meetings. Exactly. It's the same you exact find out? thing. Right. And because I still go to meetings, I'm safe. <laughs> I won't get be, I won't get that relapse. Or because I didn't because go to I Coachella, still go to meetings. I won't get COVID. If you have little kids, you're going to get COVID. You know, it's it's you, it's the most transmissible thing ever. This strain, this B two or whatever that I have. That's what I've heard. I've heard it's extremely transmissible, but it's not supposed to be as as violent as it is with you. From what I was, I know, but I was the first booster. Here's where I made my mistake, and I'll admit it. I didn't get a second booster, and I was the first. I think the second day you could get a booster shot, I got it. So that was like maybe a year ago. I don't even know when I got the booster shot. Whenever the booster was allowed for people with comorbidity or whatever which is my hepatitis c and liver problems i got it and so then it just seemed like um oh, you know i haven't gotten it in two two however long it's been two years and two months i haven't gotten covid um i don't need the booster covid's gone away i started to believe what is actually what the democrats and the biden administration are suggesting like, oh, yeah, it's kind of gone away. No big deal. The infection rates. And, and this gets back to the real point is the death rate that was initially, them being dishonest about who was dying, right? The actual risk to most yeah, people. Yeah, the risk to right? children was yeah. zero. And they closed the schools. Then when confronted <laughs> with that, they said, well, the kids will get it and then bring it home to their grandparents. 
Well, that's up to the grandparents to stay away from their fucking grandkids for a while until we can figure this out. Why well, I don't get I don't get it. Like, you know, wear a mask, meet your grandkids outside, but close the schools we, instead. We need to start listening to some conspiracy theorists on this, I think, because there seems to be more than meets the eye because it's so it's been handled so illogically. It really has been. I, I, so you're the most logical, kind of good, level-headed person friend I have. So if you think that it's been handled <laughs> ridiculously. It, it supports well, because yeah. I don't know if I'm crazy or not, but I just think they've been lying since the beginning. It's been a political issue since the beginning. And now it's so cemented in that if you get COVID, there's something wrong with you. You're not a good person. You did something right, wrong. That's the same as when somebody relapses. You're not a good person. You did something wrong. Is, are you mimicking uh, Keith Morris? No, I'm, just, I'm mimicking like third and gardener people from the nineties. Oh. <laughs> okay. So, so it's like when, when this whole thing first started and, and Trump was saying, it's not as bad as what people are saying, then maybe he was more spot on that the message should have been more, at least I, I think they should have been, if you're this, if you're this, if you're yeah, this, if you're over if you 75, you better things, fucking look out. Then, then we need to, you know what, take care of these older people. You know what, let's, uh, instead of starting, there's whole new careers and just delivering groceries now. Oh my God, how many people do that for a living? And how many people have groceries delivered? That that I would remember have never back done then, it? when we first got, started getting Target delivered, I was so freaked out. They would leave the bags on the thing. Then I would wear a mask and, and I would get the things out of the bag because I thought the bag might have COVID on it. Like, well, how fucking <laughs> yeah. stupid is that? How did they let right, the American when, people believe all this fucking nonsense? It certainly was taken over. And they had a hell of a hype, man, because they sold the shit out of this. If this had been a show, I'd want my money back. Right. I know it's not, it's not been good, but they really sold this thing as being <laughs> this is the end of human life as we know it. And it was really the, the way it was handled that caused some people to rebel and others just to fall in line. But now it's, it's, an, it's, it's institutional. Because I, I have experienced what I'm saying. To, I have experienced COVID prejudice. I think, I've, I, think oh. I might have a lawsuit. I think but you're entitled to compensation. My feelings have been hurt <laughs> by people confronting me. Where'd you get it? Where'd you owe oh, you so, went to Coachella? Oh, that's what you get? Yeah. Isn't Only it bad so weird? How there. awful are people, really? Honestly. Right. Right. And because people want to have some normalcy in their life because we've lived with it long enough and sorted through the bullshit and the extremes and the political, the politicalization and the weaponization of a virus of a virus where we of, a, of, a, of a thing that is exactly like the flu or a cold. They've politicized and, it. Good people don't get and, it. Bad people do. And if you're a good person, you don't have to wear a mask because it won't affect you. And, <laughs> if, and then the other side is, if you're a good person, you wear a mask and everybody that doesn't is bad. And, it, and, and really, those lines were drawn by our leaders because we're so media influenced that I am so glad I don't watch those things anymore because it's just it's horrific. It hasn't stopped. It has not stopped. The, the point is, it's become this... Here's the prediction. If you look at the 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 uh, London is the most biggest prognosticator of trends with COVID, they expect in the fall of this year, a hundred million Americans will get COVID. A hundred million. That's uh, almost. That's more than twenty five percent of the population. Like this oh, thing yeah. ain't going nowhere. What are you fucking stupid? This thing is not going anywhere. We're going to learn to live with it. And I just lived through it. Trust me. <laughs> right. And, and, and it's not going to be one of those things that just because you had it this time doesn't mean you can't get it next time. That's what it's proving to be. It's a, well, it's here's a fast the thing. I, you know, I'm thing. glad Sydney said, um, 
if we did get it at Coachella and you knew it, would you still go? And I said, yes, absolutely. hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, you got to live life. This whole two years we wasted sitting around fucking jacking off. It's ridiculous. Live life. So here's the interesting thing. I think I'm immune for about six months. <laughs> I mean, six months. I mean, I might get sick again. Oh, God only knows. A new strain or something. But I'm pretty sure I'm going to be able to enjoy Cruel Summer, um, the country a thing with Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson, 89 years old. Are you, are you, are you going to Cruel World? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who's the hook up there? Because all I got are VIP tickets. Well, that's good tickets, aren't they? You're very important. Everybody there's forgets more than what that, very though. important stands for. Stands well, for there's very a super important. Very, <laughs> there's a super very important or something that costs like 600 bucks. And we were like, nah, because we bought these things like a year ago. Oh, right. Well, uh, you know, there's, there's only, I mean, I'm not that crazy about seeing Morrissey, but I do want to see... Um, I did want to see Echo and the Bunny Men. I saw them on their first tour at the yeah, Whiskey. They're not. They're, they're not going to make psychedelic it, furs are though. violent. Psychedelic Blondie furs, Devo, church, psychedelic fans, furs. Blondie Devo. Yeah, and and like I would like to see the Meteors, but they're on at like one o'clock, and I don't think I'm going down that early. Yeah, no, that's exciting. This thing. So, so the the point is, go out and have fun, live life, like we we're talking about. Ohana's coming up. I mean, I saw that Ohana Fest poster. That's crazy. Who's playing? That's crazy. No, sh- no shit. That's awesome. Like, I, I thought I would never see Stevie Nicks ever again. You know what I mean? At the height of COVID, I thought all these acts are not going to... You're never going to see Fleetwood Mac or the Rolling Stones or, or Eagles. Those, those people aren't going to tour anymore. I was wrong. Right? Well, I'm glad you were. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Stand back, stand back in the middle of my room. (laughs) Because I I like Stevie Nicks almost as much as I like Fleetwood Mac. Well, you know, we're going to need to. Mike, give her a call. Bob wants to do a duet. Stand back, stand back. Mike's not even listening. Where is Mike? No, I am. I'm listening. What are you doing, Mike? (laughs) (laughs) I'm <laughs> just sitting here listening. Why are you not chiming in? I don't agree with like 90% of it. I don't want to have a big argument. So, Oh, chime in. You no. don't agree that people are mean <laughs> about people getting COVID? Uh, no, I just, you know, I think, I mean, I could probably be responsible for that because I personally think you got it at Coachella, but you <laughs> I'm mean. if I say that you on that podcast, you, you laughed about it and you said some lady sneezed on you and you felt water droplets on your lip. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know. You're not wearing a mask at Coachella. I don't, you know, I don't get it, but so I don't want to have a big argument, but that's my, just my opinion that that's probably where you got it. And, if I go in a big crowd, a big concert crowd, I'm wearing a fucking mask, and anybody that doesn't like it, I'll fucking take them to the ground, and fucking punch them. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I don't violence is the answer. So, so if you, <laughs> so you, you were in that market. <laughs> if you were in that market that I was, what would you have said to that guy? I was so no. Let's reenact it. Business. I'm going to reenact it. I'm going to be the guy. You're in front of me wearing a mask. Hey, you don't need to wear a mask inside. Well, mind your own fucking business, buddy. Hey, man, what's the problem? You know, fucking, you don't have you to know? mass inside. You want this grapefruit in your fucking ass? <laughs> oh, yes, sir. <laughs> My, Is there a I, I swear to God, man, I have no tolerance <laughs> for people who are ignorant about just wearing a mask when there's an Omicron virus <laughs> that is fucking sweeping and almost killing my best friend. <laughs> you know, could have. <coughs> and uh, I have, I have no sympathy for people who don't wear masks in a in a public place. I saw a lady jogging wearing a mask, and I was like, "That's ridiculous! Come on!" I mean, there's some people that are out of control with the fucking mask. But you know what? A reasonable response to a virus that is contagious as that, 
when you're in a crowded area and you wear a mask fuck anybody that doesn't like that you know what, what it like might because i i respect it but i always i always notice it like there were a lot of people wearing masks at, COVID, at, at coachella now more recently in the last five days i've seen tons of people wearing masks you know how many people are catching hey, on people Bob, are catching you know how on. many people have died now of the covid virus the, a million the, it's, it's, right so it's a million yes a million people you're right a million that's in the united states dude six million worldwide right which I mean, come only on, five just, you gotta ask yourself that chuck you know the, there's a these parallel statistics and we're we're clinicians so we like statistics we like quantifiable mm -hmm. evidence-based things right so so um that's a fancy term for what for like something that works quantifiable evidence-based treatment means treatment that works so um so there's a statistic i've been talking about forever which is america is 4.75% of the world's population and takes almost 50% of all the world's drugs. Did you know that? The world doesn't take yeah. opiate pills. The world doesn't. The world deals with pain differently. The world doesn't, isn't on two different types of cholesterol medicine. It's Americans consume 50% of the world's drugs. And we're 4.75% of the population. Now, fast forward. That was through the last five, six, seven, eight years that I've been talking about. Fast forward, we are still about 4.8% of the population in the world. And we are responsible for 20% of the world's death. How crazy is that? Mm. We're the most correlation. We are the most unhealthy nation that has ever existed is what those well, you know Bob, drugs stomach. get mailed right to your fucking door you know there's no mail in the amazon there's no mail in mexico <laughs> there's no fucking UPS. No, but, it's the, but, but it's the it's the desire that americans have to take medicine that's what drives it all yeah that's you know true. we know this from treatment the, i've given people the, placebos and, and told them it was suboxone and they're like you know thanks a lot man Really feeling better. Really, that's one hundred percent true. Bob. You know, I no, used to home right. detox people, yeah. and they we'll would complain and drug. complain and complain. And I just give them a, you know, a piece of of paper that looked like Suboxone, and they would take it and put it under the put it under your tongue, like, and they'd feel better. Placebo effect works like twenty five percent of the time. Yeah. Well, that's, that's because your brain thinks you're smart and you wouldn't take it if it wasn't going to do something. So we, we do fool ourselves. Now everybody knows, Bob. But the idea that... I did it to Scott Weiland one time. <laughs> we, I did. We, America is um, weak-willed weak as a whole and not willing to deal with any uncomfortability, which is a far cry from when this thing started when you know you had to have eight or nine kids because a few of them were probably yeah, gonna die well, before they needed, needed them to work on the farm you know and you yeah i mean it wasn't you didn't have a big family because you love children you had a big family for survival for some reason you know? i and, got a really overwhelming thing when i just thought about scott just now i love scott wyland i really did he was such a numbskull such a numbskull I bet you it's right around his death. When, can you look up when he died, Mike? I just feel a real, a real presence of Scott Weiland. Because I did. I, he know, is the one guy that I, one of the guys that I said, this is Suboxone. This is four milligrams, so be careful and blah, blah, blah. And it was nothing. It was paper I cut off of a, off of a, off of, I cut the paper off of um, something that went in the top of a vitamin bottle. I told him it was Suboxone. <laughs> well, you know, it is. It's only us cockroaches that stay he alive. Died in man. 2015. The good people. I know, but what month? Oh, I have no. Hold on, let me look. That's the day. That's the <laughs> now, now, now I got to look at him. You see, he died December 3rd, 2015. Oh, okay. He was 48 years huh. old. Yeah, it was so sad. But, um, but anyways, he was just, he was just so sweet. You know, he was arrogant, but sweet. 
How did they get? How did they get out of his genres? They got alternative rock, hard rock, alternative metal, grunge, and neo psychedelia. What the fuck is that? Some of the later Stone Temple Pilots stuff, like uh, Sour, was it Sour, Sour Girl? Girl? Yeah, Sour Girl was in that trippy kind. I toured of, with him. Um, I was the opening band on that tour. Really? Yeah. That was a cool song too. Cool baseline, cool vocals. Well, I I always tell the story. One time, they were. I saw him with the Chili Peppers one time, Bob. When when you got me passes for that, and uh, they were fucking phenomenal. Their songs were so good. That guy Robert wrote a lot of the songs. So yeah, that was that's one thing I remember about seeing him is going. Oh, this one's a good one. I know this one. Oh, this one's a good so one. I toured, I know, yeah, one I toured with them in 99, right? And in nine, I guess they were popular in like 94 or something. And that was like the couple of years where I didn't even listen to music. I don't think I listened to music from middle of 93 to like 96. So I just listened to talk radio or sports radio. Couldn't stand listening to music. It bummed me out that I was a loser and everyone else was succeeding. So I didn't listen to music. So... But I knew that who was famous, right? Because you kind of do the grapevine, like, oh, Pearl Jam's the biggest steal in the world. Pearl Jam, Eddie Vedder's on the cover of, you know, uh, Time Magazine or whatever. So I knew Eddie and Pearl Jam were really huge, like bigger than anybody. And um, there's a time, yeah. They were bigger than anybody. The biggest band in the world. And so when I'm on tour with Stone Temple Pilots, what, six years later or whatever, and I'm in the dressing room and I hear this song and I look at Josh Klinghoffer and I'm like, this is a Stone Temple Pilot song? Because no matter, if you don't listen to music, you're still going to hear it like in restaurants or when you're yeah, riding yeah. somebody's car or something. And I, had <coughs> and I had heard these hit songs that Stone Temple Pilots had, but in my mind, I thought they were Pearl Jam songs. Because Pearl Jam was the biggest <laughs> band in the world. <laughs> and I, here I am hearing well, was, these songs that I think are Pearl Jam songs and they're Stone Temple Pilot songs. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I, I remember David Spade on Saturday Night Live saying, I liked uh, Stone Temple Pilots better when they were called Pearl Jam. <laughs> Did so you really a lot say of, that? There, yeah, there were. I, I, I won't ever forget that because I was, I was watching Saturday Night Live, but I was listening to like Mind Rot and Dystopia and just this grindcore and doing a bunch of um, speed and staying up all night Good during those you, years. Chuck. It was rough, so I wasn't I wasn't listening to popular music. It didn't make it. I couldn't understand that it. Sounds it fun, had to be man. insane. <laughs> and then right when I I don't know what year Bradley Knoll died, but right when he died, but the record was done. Paul Leary from Butthole Surface produced that record, and I got a cassette copy of it. I think, and I was like. This is amazing. I only want to know my baby. That was amazing. Sublime was amazing. Yeah, they were. But the guy had died and it hadn't even come out yet. Yeah, that they were. I know they were a local band because the people I knew that were bummed out at the time were people that were going to see them at local shows. They hadn't. They hadn't broken. I don't think Bradley got to see any of the. No, he didn't get to see any of the success. No, but Max, my ex that I was with for so long, um, my partner in life, she did the costumes on that first Sublime video after he died that had his dog in it. I guess he had a dog that he loved so much. Yeah. And the dog yeah. was in a the Dalmatian. Video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dog's in the video. But And I was like, oh, what? they're making a video and the guy's dead? So weird. Well, a lot of it was filmed it's, like before he died, you know, right? Like it, Took live shots. What year did he die? 96? Uh, he died in 96. Yeah. In San Francisco. So sad. Yeah. So we lost a lot of people. Uh, like, I don't know. We need better mental health and addiction awareness in the population in general, but really in the entertainment business, we really need it. I mean, it's just like a fucking, did you know that Nick caves other son died the other day? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's terrible. 
I had I had not heard Can anything about that. Uh, uh, Can and, you imagine God. two of his boys are dead? I just can't That's even. Crazy. How could you get up in the morning? Just all love and and praise to Nick Cave and his wife. And oh my God, I just can't believe it. Like, I don't. I can't believe you guys didn't hear about it. Well. You know, no, I guess he I, was I mean, 30. He was 31, I yeah. Because, I mean, dude, think like about it. We all mom. have children. Not yeah, one, I know. That's but like the, two that, of your children are dead. That's one it's of the darkest like, thoughts the I fucking, can ever have. It's the most fucked up thing. I, I just can't even imagine. Um, so, so the Nick Cave thing happened the other day. Taylor, of course, was still thinking about and mourning and worrying about. Um, and, and, and it just keeps coming. I mean, just list the dr- musicians who have died of suicide or drugs. Do you want to begin, yeah. Chuck? No, because we've done this before, and it's nothing but sad. It's just so sad that they, even the ones we don't think of as being well, so like the question the is, hardcore is drug addicts. Changeable. Like, is it is like it the, fixable? Like, or is it just meant to be that people are going to kill themselves and die of drugs and there's nothing anybody I, can do about it? I think I think as long as we have a culture that embraces drug use and even glorifies, because I think alcohol is a drug just like any other. And as long as that's part of how we are and we have this, you should always feel good mentality and there are no bad days. And, uh, you know, we, we don't have a, a light and a dark. We don't have a yin and a yang in our, our society at all. It's just everybody should be go, 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 go all the time. And everything should be wonderful. And if you don't feel like my Instagram looks, then you've got a problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? But why, why musicians I, so much, though? Because they live in a they live in a bubble that's not quite. There was somebody that did an article about uh, about this, and it was like talking about like I think Perry Farrell was was one of the people that they were talking about. Because their lives are handled by managers, by wives, by people, and they're kept in this kind of eternal childhood by not having like if you took any any musician that's that's succeeded to the point where they've made their living and they've got money to spend and you put them in an apartment and told them to handle their business, they wouldn't be able to do it. Right. Because that's they don't half live my in the friend. That's half my friend. And, 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 and the idea that people are always yes manning them. And, but doesn't um, sobriety kind of get you away from that and get you into a more adult thinking? I think so. I think it does, but not everybody gets there or they don't enjoy it or there's, you know, I get it. I understand the people that say you don't have to drink to have fun, but it's easier to start a fire with gasoline than with matches, you know, or whatever. Well, Buddy Arnold used to say that our mission, I I remember the first time he told it to me because I, I mean, I knew Buddy, but I didn't really know him like I got to know him. So we're sitting around one day and, you know, nonprofits are supposed to have mission statements it's called right and i said you know i wasn't around in the beginning what's map's mission statement and he said to make sobriety hip and i was like that's never gonna mm-hmm. happen <laughs> well, it just, it's, it's, just feel too good at first that's the problem is but that just- was buddy's mission he saw it as as long as sobriety seems lame musicians aren't going to be sober you have to make sobriety right. seem cool. And he really did. And, and, <laughs> he, he embodied a, a thing of being cool and cantankerous and, and soulful and sober. He did. Right. And that was contagious to me and Anthony and John and, and, you know, Chester, Chester was there in the beginning. There was a whole group of us that kind of idolized Buddy Arnold. And it was, he was making mm-hmm. sobriety seem cool. I don't know well, that. I, well, let me just finish. I don't know that call centers and cookie cut rehabs make sobriety seem cool. Not like MAP did. You know what I'm saying, Mike? Yeah. MAP made sobriety seem cool. And that was his mission. Right? Mm-hmm. And well, but, one of the things had- was... 
you're going to let go of anonymity, which was something that Buddy railed against. He just didn't like anonymity. He's like, you're not, you're not, you're never anonymous when you're loaded. Why are you all of a sudden anonymous when you're sober? Everybody knows you're loaded. Everybody <laughs> knows you're in jail. Everybody knows you're bumming quarters what? on the corner. <clears throat> so, so he convinced Dr. John. Dr. John was very outspoken about being sober. Bonnie Raitt was very outspoken. Um, Eric Clapton was very outspoken. Those are the founders of MAP were Dr. John, Bonnie Raitt, Eric Clapton, um, and Jimmy Vaughn. And, and mm. they all said, yeah, we're sober. That was the first musicians that I had, you know, this is in 94. You know what I mean? 1994, yeah, I you're saying you're sober in public? Are people afraid that they're, they're not going to be seen as cool? Yeah, for sure is they that, are. Is, ugh, come on, we're way past that. Well, not now. We're way past that then, because we're older. Then, I think... You know, I think, you know, I knew Charles Bukowski a little bit. Charles Bukowski stopped drinking at the end of his life, and he didn't want anybody to know it. That's sad. He didn't go to AA or go to rehab. He just stopped drinking. But, um, and that's another thing. When I heard that, and I was talking to Kathleen, his wife, I said, that, you know what that means? And she said, what? And I said, it means he's not an alcoholic. As crazy as it sounds. That Charles Bukowski is not an alcoholic. A doctor told him that he was going to die if he didn't stop drinking. He stopped. He switched to wine for about a year, year and a half, and then he stopped completely. How crazy is that? No rehab, no AA, no religion, no spiritual awakening. Just. Give when given what does it say in the big book? When given good reason, the non-alcoholic will stop mm-hmm. drinking his, his drinking, right? Isn't that what it says? Yeah, th- there's gotta be exceptions for every rule, don't there? <laughs> you, you <laughs> yeah, the guy's that. alcoholic. How did he stop drinking? <laughs> oh, come well, on. Because now. he was old and stretch. he changed. <laughs> what? That he's not an alcoholic? <laughs> yeah. Well, how uh, did he stop on, really? drinking? Yeah, it's like Chuck said. There was a there was a moment where he probably went like, "Well, I'm going to die. I want to I want to live a few more years." You know? Yeah, that's what he did because he was rich and he liked being rich. Yeah, he liked going to you know. You know, uh, think of his life. Charles Bukowski was this great, I think, great writer. I like his fiction better than his poetry, but some of his poetry I like. But this this great artist who's unappreciated, still works a regular day job, is idolized by this, by this growing throng of freaks, right? Mm-hmm. And just suffers for fucking 50 years, 40 years. And then finally, towards the end of his life, people recognize him and he's celebrated and all his books sell like crazy and he gets a good deal with Black Sparrow Press and makes a lot of money and then movies are made of his books. I think there's four movies of charles bukowski books four movies so so he he you know he's like fucking 75 years old and all of a sudden he doesn't have to work a job and he has money and i bet you that's why he's like fuck i don't want to die now i wanted to die for 40 years (laughs) i don't want to die now (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's just not fair <laughs> yeah when they, it's like i finally got money and i don't have to work at the post office and now i'm gonna die fuck this <laughs> i bet you that was the thinking i had some fun times with him boy yeah oh well have we reached an we reached a conclusion here fellas i see mike doing big yawn oh no mike's I'm been at- yawning the whole time no, I've been looking at this uh, this this article. Um, just, I mean, I've been looking at these articles about about um, what? Well, about the neo Nazi storm in Disney World, and the and QAnon is like convinced that that, <laughs> that they're, you know, that and they're going to be back on Twitter too, Bob. So that's hey, you know, I, yeah, you know, what's crazy about the QAnon thing. I just want to say, um, it really is entrenched in the military. So, you know, I'm not the biggest military fan in the world, and I don't get the, like, Democrats embracing the military all of a sudden since Obama. 
but um but like it just shows you like you know if that's the stuff that kind of the military is believing i mean they're talking about it is entrenched in the military right now this idea of pedophile rings and all this kind of stuff it's crazy to think that like soldiers believe that shit soldiers like well i I never thought that i would you know nobody really knows where QAnon comes from and it really could no there's this there's this documentary it's these three guys invented it and they admit they invented it yeah and then it and then it gets infiltrated by like russian hackers who actually you know their goal is to break down american society you know as much well, as it's they not that hard can. is it well it seems to be working yeah it and that's be pretty a easy. conspiracy theory but yes that's that's mo- I but i don't think it's only russia i think the chinese are doing it i think north koreans are doing it i think you think you know you think china af- after trump said that that china was developing a hurricane gun <laughs> Yeah, the Jews aren't the Jews inventing some laser gun that starts forest fires? And stuff? Weren't they going to? Yeah, mean, the China was going to start hurricanes all in America, and wasn't it? But isn't this an example of how how dumbed down our education system is? Well, there there have been more tornadoes and hurricanes. Oh, so well, it's China's uh, fault. <laughs> China's causing them. Yeah. Well, you know what? Well, you wonder where all these things are coming from, China. That's where China, I, I saw huge. this thing that, that you know, Amanda, Amelda Marcos and the Marcos in the Philippines, their son is going to be the new president of the Philippines. These yeah, people raped and pillaged the country, murdered their enemies for decades, and now their son is being welcomed with open arms to back to the glory days of the Philippines. Well, he was elected, but it's like here, you know, it's like half of the people, the other half are just like, what? <laughs> are you kidding me <laughs> you know you remember I don't know, it was people, probably a rig <laughs> <laughs> some of our addiction treatment professionals are too young that are listening but there was this couple that ran the philippines like a mob family and the woman had like wasn't it like she had ten thousand pairs of shoes, pairs of she, shoes had a, yeah. she had a palace full of shoes yeah and the people were 000. starving and the people were starving and now 30 years later they're they elected that those people's son. <laughs> it's just crazy. Well, boys don't buy shoes like that. Huh? Yeah. Boys don't buy that many uh, shoes. DJ Khalid does. I think be- DJ Khalid has that many <laughs> shoes. I saw a, a TV show about DJ Khalid. That guy's got shoes galore, man. I, I don't I don't understand him. I don't Did get it. Did you see he gave a back rub to the coach of the Miami Heat today? It's fucking freaky, isn't it? It's weird, but I mean, <laughs> isn't he just a fan or something? Yeah, he's just massaging a fan. people. Doesn't he people just love it. the Miami Heat, though? Yeah, he just loves them. And he's so like, he you just sit massaging. back and relax because we're going to win this. It's yeah, okay. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, get this. He just started massaging <laughs> the coach's neck. <laughs> they, they called it pulling a Drake. <laughs> it's this freak. There's this freaky shit going on everywhere. Here's a video. Did it happen in Florida? That's all I want to know. Here's yeah, a video. Right. He runs up to him and starts massaging <laughs> his neck. See, if it happened in Florida, <laughs> it's, like, it almost, hey, yeah, it's been an hour and a half, but I finally found something that might got Mike animated. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he looks no like an kidding. okay guy. Yeah, he's a cool guy. DJ Khalid's cool. Yeah, he's just uh, yeah. He's I just, just don't cheering just on his team. Don't. S- I just don't see how he he fits in the whole music thing. I've seen him do a lot of things and it's usually, he's like the guy that brings together like a group of 10 or 12 people and gets them all to make a record. So it sells a bunch. Cause if you're a fan of any of them, those people buy those things. So it seems like he's really good at anything anymore, Chuck. I think you're, you're living in the eighties. You're living in the eighties. You're living in the (laughs) eighties. I taste they are a good band. I like killing joke. So listen to me. People don't buy things, they pay membership. Streamers. These streamers. Streamers. Well, cause see, I, I I've seen him on some things where it was a DJ Khaled thing and, and all he did was come out and he was the hype guy, and then all the other people did the rapping and the singing. I don't know. He's sitting courtside like, massaging a- the coach of Miami Heat. The guy's doing all right. And he's got thousands. Uh, he's got as many shoes as Imelda Marcos. 
So let me let me just say this. We haven't touched on Johnny Depp. So the Johnny Depp trial is like heroin, is it not? It is. You just can't get enough of it. You want more. Even when you get four hours of really boring shit, you still want more. I'm not even watching. See, you were lucky you had that during uh, Yeah, I was watching it when I was thing. dying of COVID. I, yeah, see, I, I can't because that work thing just really gets in the way of the day. Oh, yeah, you got to get COVID and just stay home and watch Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial. It's not. I'm sure. It's, it's, I'm sure. It's like they're both it'll setting. Be around. It's like they're both setting the, each other on fire. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's the point. I think it's just no, about. No, I you, think Johnny Depp's a genius. And I, <laughs> oh my God. I think he's a fucking mind. genius, man. He's like, you know, he's the one that wanted this all filmed. He's like, okay, listen, you know, we're just going to, we're just going to make this the biggest spectacle ever. And, and it is, it, it might no be the biggest. It's the old no publicity is bad publicity. Is this, we got to get the numbers, the streaming numbers. Is this as big as the OJ trial? It might be. It's the biggest thing right now. That's for sure. Dude, there are TikTok videos of her that people have made into Amber Heard TikTok videos. They have like 17 million views. Way more people are watching this than watching the basketball playoffs. Come on. When he started talking <laughs> about her pooping on the bed, were you on the bed? Like- you know this? You know, Chrissy just asked me today because yeah, she's not paying attention to it at all. But she said she said today to me. Did something happen with Johnny Depp and pooping in the bed? And I said, yeah, like he says that Amber pooped in his bed. Yeah, that was a great thing. How he how he explained that. It was just awesome. (laughs) Chuck, are you following? (laughs) It was awesome. Chuck, are you following the trial? No, I'm not. Did it ever get exposed? What? Why she pooped in his bed? She was pissed off and she went and he left the room and, and was trying to not to stop to stop arguing with her. And she went in and pooped on his side of the bed. How could you? I think I that's fantastic. Think, I think I would get poop fright. I don't think I could do that. It just goes to show you, Bob, poop is news, man. Poop is news. I, you know, I, I know a guy that that I, w- I was in detox with a guy where he said he bailed on his chick and he goes, I took a shit on her bed and wiped my ass with her pillow. And I thought that is one of the crassest things I've ever heard, but we became friends after that. And I hadn't heard anybody else doing it because it was the wipe my ass with her pillow. that really Now everybody's going to be coming that. out saying, yeah, I, I think that. people I are going to start pooping in their spouse's beds. I think yeah. it could be a trend on, on TikTok. Right. You know, you, know, you, you may, you may even know him. Mike Mart, but I'm not going to say his name in case he doesn't want that repeated. You know, let me see if I can find it. Somebody asked something about why every time you go to Kaiser, you end up pooping or something on our. <laughs> well, because you're because you're there for 24 hours waiting, so you got to go to the bathroom <laughs> at some point. <laughs> we are a Kaiser family over here. If I was going to go to the hospital, I was going to Kaiser Baldwin Park. The mm. line at Kaiser Baldwin Park coming out of the emergency room is like oh, here literally, it is. it's a quarter mile long. Here it is, Bob. Let me, let me read this to you. Andy Shin writes, uh, why do all the Kaiser stories involve Bob having a poop attack? <laughs> because I'm then, there for so long. If you're there for 12 hours, you're going to poop. And then Frenchie replies to him, repetitive lifelong saga. <laughs> it is a lifelong saga. <laughs> I, pooped, I pooped two times today already. Oh, wait, I wanted to tell you that. So two people reach out to me. Somebody wants to do Don't Die Kansas and somebody wants to do Don't Die St. Louis. St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. Do so, it. yeah, set them up, Mike. Mm. <laughs> Remember when we used to first do it on that big board? Remember, Chuck? We had computers everywhere and everything. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the technology that we're using tonight where we're all in our own homes existed then. When you guys had to drive in rush hour traffic <laughs> and come over here and hook up to the big 24 track board, and the yeah. Mike had to take his computer out of his let box me tell you, man, the quality is much better. Okay, like there's there's podcasts that record <laughs> with everybody in the same room, and the way I used to do it, and the way I'd prefer to do it is to have it good quality. But then there's this, which is the lazy man's way, and I guess that's what we're doing. So it works. But it works. You know, I guess I guess what we need is a is a don't die house where it's always set up 
where where we could just go that's centrally located and we could all go to the don't die house Maybe and record we, no, that's gonna go. happen now chuck it's not gonna happen well let's triangulate where the middle of where we are so long beach In- claremont <laughs> long beach claremont huntington beach i think we could converge on knott's berry farm we could do it at the knott's berry farm chicken restaurant i love that place oh yeah Okay. Let's do sure. a live from get... Knott's Berry Farm. Don't die. Knott's yeah. Berry Farm. I've got passes, man. I, I, so do I, I like I. Knott's so Berry Farm I. better than Disneyland now. Yeah, let's do that. Let's go to let's go do some fun podcast somewhere. Sure. I've got the Zoom recorder thing. I can carry okay. it around. No problem. Now, it's got okay. batteries. So so ladies and gentlemen, we the three laziest podcasters in the history of podcasting <laughs> promise <laughs> to go to Knott's Berry Farm and do a live podcast, Don't Die podcast, before Ohana Fest. Uh, When's Ohana? September? Uh, it is September 30th it starts. Okay. So sometime well, between now and September 30th, we're going to go do the Don't Die podcast live from Knott's Berry Farm. Hey, I got a question for you. There's a band on the Stevie Nicks day called Beach Goons. Who's that? Beach Goons? I don't know. Never heard of Beach Goons. Neither have I. But, but I'm not hip. Yeah. I've heard of uh, Stevie Nicks, Eddie Vedder. Who, who are the headliners <laughs> again? Stevie Nicks, Eddie Vedder. That's all I need to know. I'm Stevie there. Nicks. I'm going. There, there's a couple I can't even pronounce. There's Brittany Howard. There's a revival. Well, Brittany Howard is the girl from uh, from whatchamacallit. Oh, what was that band's name? They were so good. But here's what happens when you go to Ohana Fest. You see all these great artists that you had no idea they were super great. Like the last one, I didn't know half of the people. And I went there and I was like, oh my God, that guy's amazing. How good is Beck, dude? How fucking good yeah, is that? That was great. Well, uh, it, it says Beach Goons are three guys, Vatos Tristes from El Barrio Logan in Central Alabama South Shakes. San Diego. Alabama Shakes. Oh. Who's the singer of? Oh, nice. That's awesome. First time I heard them, I thought they were White Stripes. Yeah, they sound like that a little bit. But they had a big, uh, like, uh, I don't know, AT&T commercial or something. I was so envious of that. Um, you know, a lot of people sold out. But the, but they sell out and make sh- sh- good shitty music that people like and buy, as opposed to the people like me or Paul Westerberg or whatever that made you know bad bad music that nobody liked. So our friends hated <laughs> us, and nobody listened to it. You know what, what's a what's a good record that's surprising is uh, Tommy Stinson's Bash, Bash and, Pop. and Pop. I know it's a good record. Yeah, uh, I was on a Westerberg some, kick. Go and listen to Androgynous. This is, I know Paul Westberg. I, I really know him pretty well. Not, not like buddy, buddy, great buddies, but I know who he is, right? I spent a lot of time with him. He's a redneck. How did a redneck, and I'm not saying like a bad, dumb redneck, but he's like a, he's like a Minnesota guy. He's not a sophisticated you know, yeah, and well, androgynous is pretty forward thinking. It's fucking crazy because it's not, thinking. it's not, it's non judgmental of the situation. But it says there's a line in it. He wrote that song in 1984. It says, QP dolls and um, bathroom stalls will be laughed at the way you're laughed at now. Dude, he was talking about uni- unisex bathrooms. <laughs> that there won't be boys and girls bathrooms. He was talking about that in 1984. It's like he went in a time machine to 2022. That's crazy. Cupid dolls. You know how dolls, you know, now we have to have dolls that are all the same and whatever. The line is Cupid dolls and bathroom stalls would be laughed at. Uh, gen- gender stalls, I think. It, well, let me see what the line is. Such a great song. Cupid dolls and urine stalls will be laughed at the way you're laughed at now. Oh, um, like, how could he fucking know that? You think that's really in reference to, I mean, that's kind of a reach, don't you think? The Cupid, that, that eventually everybody will be, gen, all these genders will blur. That's what the song is about. It says the opening line, uh, Chuck knows it. Here comes Dick, he's wearing a skirt. 
Here comes Jane. You know, she's sporting a chain. Same hair, revolution. Same build, evolution. Tomorrow, who's going to fuss? Because they love each other so androgynous. This is a song saying eventually the people that are being marginalized will be mainstream. And everything that your people are holding on to is going to dissolve away. And love, he really says, and love is all that matters. They love each other so androgynous, closer than you know, love each other so androgynous. It's just one of the most beautiful songs and, ever written. And it's got such a cool, like, little jazz club feel to the whole I like that. That's a really cool song. Just the whole, all the way around. It's, I think a lot of people tried to do songs like I that. I personally can't wait till you don't even have to recognize gender and you don't even have, you can choose your own skin color by just dictating a, you know, a medication or something like, I want to be blue. I want to be yellow. I want to be black. I want to be green. I want to be, you know, you can actually change the color of your skin to whatever you want. That's what's going to happen. Dude, is the, is the Lou Reed "I Want to Be Black" song? Is it is it ba banned? It's got to be banned, right? No. no is he canceled? Is he canceled because of that song? He's dead. No, they, 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 they canceled they dead people. They, cancel. they canceled dead people. They're canceling Hugh Hefner. Oh, Mike, they canceled dead people. Oh, well, I, you, you can't cancel Lou. <laughs> There's no canceling Lou. I'm sorry. <laughs> and with that we will say goodnight you can't cancel lou long live lou reed he's dead mike good i know <laughs> but long live his may his memory live never. forever all right good night you guys i'm alive uh, good night. i feel bye better bye. Bye. bye bye don't die don't die anybody okay, bye. anybody <laughs> nobody died <laughs>